The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. So over the past couple of years, there have been louder and louder calls for the Canadian government to be held accountable for prescribing a drug called mefloquine to Canadian soldiers starting back in 1992. In a class action lawsuit, it said that the drug, which is also known as larium, was given to our soldiers without following proper procedure for clinical trial and failing to inform the Canadian forces of the serious multiple side effects. So 1992 is when that started. In 2016, Health Canada updated the warning labels for mefloquine, highlighting serious side effects, including anxiety, paranoia, depression, hallucinations, psychotic behavior, and thoughts of suicide, which can persist for months or years after taking the drug. There are many veterans who say they are still living with the fallout from taking the anti-malarial so many years ago, and a rally is being held in Edmonton this weekend to draw attention to it. We have a number of guests uh, joining us for the next half hour to talk about this. I want to start by welcoming uh, Canadian Armed Forces veteran uh, Dave Bona, who served 14 years with tours to the Gulf War, Cyprus, Somalia and Rwanda. Dave, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Oh, thank you very much for having us. All right. Bruce Given is a veteran as well. 24 years service, including Haiti. Hi, Bruce. Hi. Welcome. Hi, Thank nice. Th- thanks for joining us this afternoon. And Mark Matchy joins us this afternoon, and she describes herself, um, it's on her Twitter handle, as, uh, as as she's the wife of Corporal Clayton Matchy, the soldier most disgraced by the Somalia affair. She believes the drug played a big role in his actions in Somalia. Let's start with you, Dave. I mean, this has been something that has been on your radar for a long time. Let's go back to when you first were given uh, mefloquine. Do you remember taking it for the first time? Do you remember the, the days and weeks afterwards and, and what your body felt like? Oh, yes. The uh, first day I was issued the drug, um, I started feeling sick almost right away. Uh, that evening, I had my first seizure. And then oh uh, the symptoms just got worse the longer I was on it. And so at that time, did you go to the military doctors and say, you know, what the hell's going on here? Like, what is going on? I actually walked into our unit medical station uh, the very next day going, hey, I'm not feeling good. And I remember just as I was walking in the door, I can hear the uh, unit medical officer and our uh, the warrant officer in charge of the UMS uh, having a discussion about the drug. And uh, what it came down to was if anyone wasn't taking uh, the drug, they weren't allowed to be deployed. Yeah. So I just sort of, wait a minute, turned around mm-hmm. and walked out. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how many uh, how many other military members did the exact same thing, David. Bruce, I'm wondering about you. I'm going to ask you that same question. The first time you took uh, mefloquine and, and, and what you remember, um, the side effects of it, Im- the immediate side effects. Immediately, I was actually diagnosed with uh, irritable bowel syndrome there. Well, actually, the diagnosis came later, but traveler's diarrhea was what hit me bad. It gives us a wet gut issue, and if you can't absorb the nutrients of the food you're eating in the first place, you start to deteriorate from the inside out. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and, and to the both of you, David and, and Bruce, I mean, it's been a, it's been a long time. It's been many years since you originally took this drug. Um, what, um, what, what are the long-term side effects that you've been living with? David, let's start with you. Uh, the biggest one that uh, uh, I'm struggling with, well, there's a whole bunch of them. And mm-hmm. if you look at them all separately, you know, they could, it's, yeah, it's quite a handful. Uh, the biggest one I supple, suffer with is the uh, mood management issues because uh, I uh, periodically have uh, uncontrollable rages. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to, until I started doing uh, brain injury specific treatments, I used to suffer from severe depression to the point where I used to wake up every morning and the first thought out of my head was, uh, is today the day I'm going to kill myself? Mm. You know, and that was the, the emotional or the emotional or the neurological side of things but the physical stuff you know i had numbness and tingling in my uh legs uh tinnitus uh severe gastrointestinal issues to the point where i used to uh have to go sit on a toilet you know up to seven times a day wow Uh, Wow. and uh you know balance and dizziness issues you know i and these are constant. You're still you're still living with all of this right now, Dave. This is yeah. every well, day for the you. Thing, the thing is, when I started uh, brain injury specific treatments, like the symptoms are greatly reduced. You know, they're they're de- mm-hmm. they're they're not gone. And and if I uh, don't follow up with my management techniques and stuff all the time if i let that stuff slip the symptoms come back with a vengeance mark mark i want to i want to get to you because you believe that that this drug um in articles and it's been quoted it said you know that you believe it drove your husband to madness and was a was a factor in um, Shadane Aron's torture and the subsequent scandal that, that followed the Somali affair that so many people will remember. Um, you know, looking back, um, you know, he was in Somalia. You were here. Did you have conversations with him? Did he talk about, you know, some of the side effects that he was feeling from, from, from this drug or believed to be from this drug? Um, firstly, they were on and off that drug probably a month or so prior to them going to Somalia. So they were deployed mm-hmm. in December, but they started taking that drug prior to that. Yeah. He, he changed instantly. And it How so? Like, How so? He disappeared first. And he didn't. He couldn't be around people. He hid. He uh, he was scared of what he would do to us, is what he told me after. It was just easier that he stayed at the, the PMQs where they lived. He just went different. And I just talked it up to the fact that they're going to a war-torn country. And, you know, I saw the change in him physically as well, but I didn't know that he was taking this drug at all. I didn't know until a few days before he left when he finally confess to why he was acting so strange. So after what happened uh, in Somalia and, uh, you know, the inquiry and everything that uh, that followed, um, I, I, if I remember correctly, I'm not sure that that inquiry 
or any inquiry delved deep enough into whether or not mefloquine was a factor. Is that correct? That's correct, and that's one of the absolute reasons that we are asking for the reopening of the Somali inquiry itself. When the drug, uh, mefloquine, was to be addressed, it was less than two weeks prior to that that John Kretchen shut that entire inquiry down. So Mm. no one wanted to face what had happened. And had they just let that run its natural course, there are thousands of people today that would not have been suffering because it would have shown the false drug trial. It would have shown that no one knew they were on an experimental drug that wasn't legal in Canada. No one signed consent forms. No one was screened. And we're talking about going into theater in Somalia. You know, yeah. No, no one understood it at all at the time. Bruce, I want to go back to you for a moment here. When it when it comes to um, the other veterans that that you know, I mean, you know, Bruce is here, Dave is here, but I know because I've I've heard from them. I've heard from other veterans who have who uh, who dealt with the immediate uh, side effects and who are dealing with the long term side effects. I mean, you know. Is there a, a, an estimate, a guesstimate maybe, on how many of our of our members uh, continue to live with the side effects of this drug? The best guesstimate going around at the moment that we can attest to is anything from 10 to 40 percent. 10 to 40 percent. At least 10 percent are suffering severely in some manner, way, shape, or form, as Dave and I are. Yeah, and the numbers we're, we're talking here are... <clears throat> Um, the Canadian Forces ag- acknowledging that there's, they're saying 18,000 people have been on mefloquine. But the problem with that is they're not t- giving the full numbers. That's 18,000 people that were deployed to mm-hmm. Afghanistan were on mm-hmm. mefloquine. We have to remember here, if I can interject for for one second, that it's not just Army, Air Force and Navy, the guys that were in the ships doing blockades and flying in on relief efforts around the world. Yeah. Yeah. So the actual numbers of Canadian soldiers that were on the drug, if you total up all those little deployments, Sierra Leone, Haiti, uh, East Timor, (laughs) you know, Somalia, Eritrea, all these little deployments, the the number comes out to around 40,000 Canadian soldiers have been issued this drug. And depending on the studies you look at, anywhere, like Bruce said, uh, from 10 to 40% are injured. But actually, uh, some of the rat model testing is indicating that up to 74% of those people who've taken the drug are injured by it. And why this is significant is, especially in a military population, because the symptoms for an injury from this drug are PTSD-like mm-hmm. symptoms. And David, that's what I was going to ask you. I was wondering yeah. if mefloquine toxicity and PTSD are being confused, are being misdiagnosed. Yes. Well, the Canadian Forces have actually modified their PTSD criteria to capture people that have not had traumatic exposures. What they're doing is, oh, you were deployed to a war zone, so you have PTSD. Even though you were in Kandahar, you never left the compound. Uh, and, you know, the only time you left was when you were on the, got on the plane to fly home. 
You know, and we got people that have the severe anxiety, insomnia, chronic gut issues, the severe mood management issues, no exposure to trauma, yet they, they, they're yeah. given a diagnosis of PTSD. Dave Bona joining us this afternoon, Bruce Given and uh, Mark Macchi as well, all um, advocates against the use of mefloquine. And again, it was prescribed to um, Canadian Forces members straight away back in 1992. They stopped doing it around 2017. And uh, there has been story upon story about the side effects, uh, the death by suicide, um, the paranoia, the ongoing health issues that many of our members continue to suffer with because of taking this or believed to have been because of taking this drug so many years ago or as recently as Afghanistan. Marg, I mean, you've been very, very vocal about this. What do you want to see be done? What will make this better? Well, there's, uh, I don't know if it's ever going to make it better, but I mean, we've clearly asked that we go back. I want for that uh, inquiry to be reopened as hurtful and as hard as it is. They need to go back and they need to um, address that this actually happened, acknowledge the damage they've done to these soldiers and, and for decades following that because they continue to deny it. Uh, I want funding from the government for research so they can, you know, find better therapy and possibly a cure, better treatment. Um, I want the truth told. That's all Dave? I want because, honestly, no one condones what happened in the we need the truth. We need the truth told, David. Is 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 the truth being told? Is that enough for you? <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> is it enough? Would... Actually, do you know what would be enough? Is what if, like Marge said, they brought the truth out, they held the inquiry, and. Like, we, we've got literally hundreds, if not thousands, of dead Canadian soldiers that have committed suicide that have taken this drug. Uh-huh. And, like, it would be great for the families yeah. to understand why, you know, and, yeah. and that being a, you know, this drug having its day in the spotlight would put a lot of uh, doubt in people's minds to rest. There is a, a lawsuit, isn't there? There's a class action lawsuit underway. I think, you know, that started up a couple of years ago. So we'll continue to watch what unfolds there. Bruce, as I mentioned, there's a there's a rally being held on the weekend. What do people need to know about it? What time? Where? Okay, we're going to be in Churchill Square, right at the center of the city in front of City Hall. The main thoroughfare that walks that borders between 99th and 100th Street. Yep. There. The, uh, uh, can't miss it. We're going to have chairs set up. The podium, there'll be flags. We have no static display as such, but I'm sure with our sound system and whatnot, we'll be able to rally the troops in. There at that time, it's actually going to set up at 10. Officially starts at 11.30, runs till 12.45. There is a... a an idea to have a gathering at the Kingsway Legion following that for a free barbecue in the afternoon where people may mingle and counter, uh, consort with one another as to where we're going from here. 
Okay, good news. Uh, so Churchill Square start time 11.30. David, pretty much out of time here, but if there are someone listening right now, of course, Edmonton, a huge military community that has been living with some side effects, some symptoms that they just don't know what the heck is going on. Where's a place that they can turn to? Where can they find help? Where can they get support? Well, the big thing is um, if the person suspects they've been exposed by uh, two mefloquine and they've had mm-hmm. an adverse reaction to it, uh, there's ways you can tell that you're poisoned. Uh, number one is, uh, is your PTSD responding to treatment? Mm. Uh, if no, well, then we've got to go further. Number two is, uh, do you have any chronic gastrointestinal issues? Do you have loose stool? Do you have acid mm. reflux? Or do you have uh, severe constipation? You know, Do you have balance and dizziness issues? Do you have numbness and tingling in your ex- extremities? Do you have chronic insomnia? So uh, get to the doctor do and find out these in- things. Do you have inexplicable, out-of-control anger outbursts okay Mm -hmm. but like but the thing is if you do have all these things all you have to do is change your focus of your treatment from ptsd to brain injury specific treatments okay and you can get your life back All right, Dave, Bruce, Marge, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. We'll continue to watch this closely and and as developments happen. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate it very much. Again, the rally, Churchill Square, Saturday, 1130 to 1245. I appreciate all of your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.